for this 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. We have beautiful readings today, right from the Book of Wisdom through St. Paul's letter to Thessalonians, as well as the Gospel itself from St. Luke. I'll start with a story. Yesterday, I got a text from my nephew who lives in New York City, and he said, you know what? I have to come to Stockbridge just to see the beautiful leaves. I said, you know, you'll be coming already towards the end of the beautiful fall, beautiful colors. And he says, that's okay, I'll come. And he doesn't show up here too often. So what we did is we walked around, but I said, have you been to Our Lady of Grotto lately? And he says, well, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So we walked down the regular route, um, kind of, it's not as, as steep, went down and we look at the, talk about Our Lady, the, you know, the, the, the grotto which was built for the 100th anniversary of, of, of Our Lady, of the, uh, the apparitions of Our Lady in Lourdes. And, and so it was just talked about that. And of course, you know, there's three little chapels there dedicated to the souls in purgatory. And I said, you know, November is coming up. So we kind of talk about faith about there. And then we said, he says, we wanted to walk up. And he says, there's another path. There's one kind of shallow, it's not as steep. The other one's pretty steep path going straight up into the, um, the outdoor shrine, Our Lady of, of Mercy. So we decided to walk and right in the midst the incredible, spectacular colors are still there. The greens and yellows and oranges and reds and everything else, and some of the old trees which are there. And we couldn't walk. He has this big camera, and he started taking photos. And these photos are absolutely incredible, because you see some of the older trees which have no more leaves, and then there are the evergreens, and then the variety of colors. And we were there, I don't even know, 30 minutes, maybe more. Uh, he loves nature, and I do too, I have to say. He's my, um, uh, you know, godchild. Maybe there's some elements which he inherited from me or vice versa. But at any rate, it was such a beautiful, delightful scene. I'm not encouraging you to go this, you know, this steeper path, but nonetheless, it's just very, very beautiful. And what it reminded me as I came back and he left for New York, and as I was reading at the readings, and what do we hear today in the Book of Wisdom? Before the Lord, the whole universe is as grain from a balance, or a drop of morning dew come down upon the earth. Here's a man, here's a person, wisdom, he's guided by God, he's guided by God's revelation. And he looks at this universe, he sees all the stars, and he comes up with a statement before we had these incredible telescopes, which we have today. Before the Lord, the whole universe is as a grain from a balance, or a drop of a morning dew come down upon the earth. What we see visible is only like a drop on a scale, it's a little tiny one because the rest we could not see. He could not see, but he understood. In his heart, as a man of God, as a person of God who reflects on, on, on revelation itself, he sees more than people see. 
today's high quality equipment, Hubble telescope, Webb telescope, we know what we cannot see with our human eyes. And I delight in watching, looking at the universe, the various constellations, Milky Way and others, and see the variety of beautiful things in color, which our eyes cannot see. And yet he understood, he saw. Then what he understood and saw something else. But you have mercy on all, because you can do all things, and you overlook the people's sins that they may repent. Because you have mercy, because you have mercy on everything. Because out of love, out of merciful love, you have formed all things. We created us. And he sees that once again. He goes deep and he says, For you love all things that are and loathe nothing that you have made. As we know, he goes back to the book of Genesis. Everything God made was beautiful. For God cannot not make beautiful things. And so he sees and he says, for, and, and, and he says, for what you hated, you would not have fashioned. And then he continues, everything that you have done is you retain, remain, and, and, and in existence. You retain existence. Everything remains because of you. And how could a thing remain unless you willed it, unless you, unless you wish to preserve it, had it not been called forth by you into existence? So here's a person really reflecting. I, you know, here yesterday I was looking at his beautiful creation. I was praising him. You know, I will praise your name forever, my King and my God, because we as believers, as Christians, as believers in God, we see who created it. Our hearts are filled with desire to praise and honor him because we see these beautiful things before us. And then he continues. And he continues, but you spare all things because they are yours, O Lord, and lover of souls, for your imperishable spirit is in all things. Because, because God, you have placed some of yours, that which you are, you place in all things that exist. You know, I, you know, I, I don't know, I, just reading this reading kind of made me excited because maybe, maybe God gave me this little extra experience of looking at the beautiful nature. So it made open my heart to see the things which otherwise probably I would have not seen or would not have noticed, and especially as it comes to this reading. Therefore, you rebuke offenders little by little. You're merciful. You don't come down. You don't, you know, like one of those older priests, you say, he says, you know, I feel like a ton of bricks were unloaded on me. The Lord says he reminds people moment by moment. He does not accuse us. We start realizing what we are doing wrong, piece by piece, small pieces, awareness, awareness grows. So the Lord is revealing things to us and even revealing the things that we are doing which we should not be doing, but is never harsh, is a slow, slow, because as you say, the reason for it is because that, that they may abandon their weakness and believe in you, Lord, but not by force, but by becoming greater, by becoming more and more aware. This is what this man of God is doing. He's reflecting on, on the scripture and on nature and the beautiful things. And you know, for us to sometimes our own, you know, being hurt by someone by sometimes is by resentment, sometimes is by, 
you know, uh, things which have occurred to us and blinds us, blocks our awareness of God, of, of his mercy and that love. We don't see it always, or sometimes because of family problems or problems at work or difficulties or, you know, the structure, social structures today, of elections and becoming aware of the truth, what we should do and what we should not do, whom should we support and not, you know, the, the, the difficulties with inflation and everything else. They cannot blind us. They cannot really blind us from who the Lord is and who the Lord wishes to be for us, who he is. So it's coming to know God through nature, coming to know God more fully through revelation. And here today, let's look at the, the gospel itself today. Here's an intra very powerful encounter. Here's a chief tax collector, someone who's in charge of the whole group of, of collectors, tax collectors, which were very hated by, by people, uh, the Jewish people, the people of Israel, they were hated because they were serving uh, the Roman, Romans and, and, and they were charging more taxes, trying to collect as much. And so this man gets rich and actually on people's backs you know, so he's kind of, he's hated. He's not accepted. And yet we see in the gospel of St. Luke, how the Lord is reaching out to those who are lost, those who are broken, those who have wandered off from the path of God. And he's reaching out, he's going out in search of them. It's not that they are searching him, it's God who searches us. God who wants us to to be found again by his love, by his mercy. He wants to find us. And so there it is, very unusual situation on the way, way to Jerusalem, going through Jericho. And so there he finds this, this man, Zacchaeus. It's interesting that he is, Zacchaeus is looking for this encounter, but he knows that there's no way. This is a man of God. I am a great sinner. I'm rejected by every, every, everyone. He wants to see him, but again, he's also short of stature. So what is he doing? Kind of going and trying to see him from a distance at least to get, get a, a glimpse of him so that he could see him. But here, as the first reading speaks, God in his mercy looks upon us. He wants to rescue us from our human condition. And so he wants to rescue Zacchaeus. And it's, it is very interesting what the Lord says to him. It is the Lord who looks upon him, looks him, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay in your house. A, a kind of interesting. The Lord doesn't invite himself in other places to a dinner or to a place, and yet he invites himself. And not only does he invite himself, he, I must, you know, which means that the Lord is saying, you know, kind of, kind of pushes the point. And of course, everybody looks around and he says, what is he doing? You know that he is a sinner. He's a great sinner. He's, he's unworthy of, of being, being there by you, a holy man. You can't do this to, to us. They're all offended by that. They feel that, you know, they're the ones whom the Lord should visit because they're the ones that are honest and, and they're the ones who, you know, who, who are faithful. And they're the ones, why are you doing this? And so 
When they saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. Here's the encounter between Jesus and sinner, the one who's lost, who has no right to even get back on track, no capacity. And this is the encounter between Jesus and all of us, a special type of encounter. The Lord isn't looking at his past, because if he was looking at his past, he would say, you've done a lot of crazy things, a lot of stupid things, you're betrayed. You're a son of Abraham and you have betrayed God. He doesn't say to him. It seems like the encounter is like all of a sudden. Like, uh, and, and, and look what happens to this encounter to Zacchaeus. He knows something extraordinary happened. This holy man embraces him. He loves him. He respects him. He respects his dignity, no matter how, how much he lost of that dignity by, by pursuing this path, getting rich on people's backs, especially he was a chief one, so he was probably the worst of all. But look at the reaction. He looked upon me, and he responds with what? Love. And he acknowledges. Jesus doesn't have to tell him what he did wrong. He already knows. He knows, and he says, I will. I will have, give half of my possessions. Today, I'll give half of my possessions to the people that I have wronged. I tried to make up. It's that love that God has for us, that love, merciful love, looking upon us, which restores something within us, no matter how bad we were. You know, sometimes people tell us, don't preach too much about divine mercy because you're giving cheap justice. You know, you're letting people get away with things. They have to convert. They have to realize, first of all, what they've done. But how will they realize, unless they hear that God is God of love and mercy, how will they know? They can't. First is the message of mercy has to come. And then, like Jesus today, looks upon the Zacchaeus, and he calls him back. And we know what we've done wrong. We're not blind. We know what we have, we have done, which requires making up for things. But it is by being loved, by being respected, by being acknowledged, not being reminded of our past. As you know, sometimes, you know, when the, the couple starts going into an argument, if one reminds somebody of the past, then there's a lot of bigger fight right there, because we don't like this. We don't want to be boxed in. We don't want to be told this is who we are, who we have been, or what our family has been. We want to be accepted where we are. I have to tell you, uh, there's a story of these two, two, two Jewish rabbis. This was before the war uh, in uh, Hasidic traditions in Poland or Ukraine, because many of them were there. So there was this rabbi with a kind of holy man, older man, a rabbi, a rabbi and his friend. And they go to another town and they arrive by train and they arrive there and, and all of a sudden they're walking on the street and this woman runs up to the older rabbi, starts beating him, really angry and she really starts hitting him. 
and you know, and 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 then, and then uh, when she's doing this, uh, she realizes she's got the wrong person. She thought it was her husband who left her, <laughs> who left her several years before, and so she was very angry. I guess he must have been a rabbi. <laughs> And so she starts beating on him, and finally she realizes she's got the wrong guy and starts apologizing and crying really badly because she knows what she just did. And, and, and so, you know, the rabbi, the older holy man, he says, look, you are not beating me, you are beating my, your husband. <laughs> so he says, let's look, nothing happened here. You, weren't, you, you, you didn't beat me up, but it was your beat up your husband. So, so at any rate, they, 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 they go. But there's a powerful lesson here. This lady thought that she, knew, she thought that it was her husband, okay? Sometimes we do the same thing with one, one another. We don't really know who the other person is. We don't really know. We, we see that this person did something to me or to, to, you know, the way he is, whatever it is, and we classify him, box him in, hate him, reject him, whatever, whatever. And here, what we see, Jesus in the encounter with, uh, with Zacchaeus, he's not rejecting him. He's not rejecting him. He accepts him fully. And look, he how he rescues the dignity, how Jesus rescues the dignity of Zacchaeus. Same thing in the gospel, also of St. Luke, the prodigal son, how the father rescues the dignity of the son who's, who's messed up. This is how God is to us. This is how we see in St. Luke, because St. Luke was more aware of human brokenness. He was a doctor, a medical doctor. <clears throat> and when he reconstructs, and brings back to us through, as, as he sees, as he speaks, that it is by witness, eyewitnesses, that he draws the knowledge about who Jesus was. This is what he underscores. These are the elements he sees. And this is, the, this is how we become to know, how we, how we come to know God more and more. The God through Jesus Christ, the Father we see through Jesus, through his tenderness, forgiveness, through his mercy. We see how he cares for us. You see how much he cared for us, so he took, took uh, the cross upon his own shoulders and died for us. This is how, who God is. This is who God is. We see the Father in Jesus' face, in his words, in his actions, but above all, in his willingness to carry the cross for us so that we may not experience the fullness of the consequences of our sins, that we would not be separated from him, that we would not be separated for eternity, but he wants to bring us back. And this is why today's readings, in a special way, they're so powerful. And finally, second reading from St. Paul's letter, he sees Christians who, first of all, He's asking them, be worthy of the call that God has given to you. Be worthy of the call. God has given you everything so that in his name you may be glorified and that he may be glorified in you. Be worthy of the call that you have received. You have received the faith, that gift of faith. You have come to know that through the knowledge of, of his word and his revelation, come to know who he is. Be worthy of that. Don't don't neglect it. Don't neglect it because he has given you the grace to come to know him and to live this life. 
But then he says something, he says to the Thessalonians, he says, you know that you expect Jesus to come quickly. And, and he went to come and he said, but you can't do what you're doing. He says, you are waiting without activity, meaning you are saying, oh yeah, he's gonna come. And he says, no, you can't do this. You have to live with the anticipation of his coming, yes, but you have to be completely man and women of God, living fully your Christian life, caring for one another, caring for, for the community that you live in. And so this is the invitation. So coming to know him. And you know, and finally today, it's like a completion of, of the whole story of the revelation of God, how he reveals himself to the man in the, from the book of wisdom and Zacchaeus. And he says, why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might have eternal life. For God so loved us, human beings, broken as we are, crazy and sometimes evil, how we are affected by evil. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, welcomes him, loves him, will have eternal life. That is the good news. That's why we gather here. That's why we gather for the Eucharist. And we know that this whole drama of Christ's suffering and death, his atoning sacrifice is taking place at this very moment. Every Eucharist, as we repeat, we make present the very offering, the atoning sacrifice that Jesus has offered on our behalf, that is his love. Every time we celebrate the Eucharist, that's what we do. We honor him, we praise him, we thank him. We walk the journey of his love manifested in his suffering, dying and rising. And then what he does at the end, he takes upon our sins, upon sins upon himself. And then he rewards us when we turn to him and he says, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. I'm not worthy of this. And yet come to me so that my soul will be healed. My body will be healed. And so he comes to us through the Eucharist. That is his love for God so loved the world that he left himself for us in the Eucharist. For God so loved the world that he left himself as a nourishment so that we may have life, that we may be restored fully and then enjoy that fullness of life in glory. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey 
with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.